Parents Podcast. I'm Molly, and this is Nathan, who yes. is not a great parent. Not a great parent. And proud of it. Yeah, very proud of it. I think now that we're through our first, you know, series or season, and we've done a handful of mini episodes, I feel like we can just confidently now say I we're not too. great parents. I mean, I maybe could have said that from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but not in the context by which we are no, referring that to is it, true. right? I, that is I probably true. would have said, well, I'm not winning any Parent of the Year awards. Yes. But like we talk about at the beginning of every episode, the name of our podcast is very intentional. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to be great parents. We want to be parents who seek God's kingdom first, teach our children to seek God king, God's kingdom first, and that we do everything to um, teach our children to live in the goodness of God. Yes. And so we want to be good parents according to Good him. parents. Yes. So... Some days I think we're getting it right. What about you? Yeah, I think some days we are. And I think, uh, you know, for those who've already seen kind of the description on this episode and seen it, one of the things that was really important to us early on was to say, hey, we really want to classify for people with the name Not Great Parents. In fact, my my daughters still ask, why do you do a podcast called Not Great? They, it's so hard for the them to understand. Pa- or the other child who says the Terrible Parents Podcast. The Terrible Worst Parents Podcast. You know. <laughs> um, they, well, what we wanted to say was, one, it's okay to not be great. Right. right, because we want you to be good. Like, stop pursuing greatness because that that pursuit of greatness, of success and happiness, and all these wonderful experiences, like that pursuit turns us away from God. Yeah, it, it, you ultimately you most often you don't. Great is not as great as you think it is, and you miss out on the goodness that God had too. Mm-hmm. There is no way to have it all, and we've covered all this in those first kind of six main episodes, which you can go and kind of see on our YouTube page. Uh, what do we say? You cheat good to get great. Yes, yeah. And we want to cheat great to get good, and that's exactly. that God's goodness. Exactly. But we also said, you know, the benefit of this Not Great Parents podcast is there are some days I'm not a great parent, and I'm not a good parent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a bad parent some days. And we wanted to kind of have this place for us to be able to kind of discuss, hey, there is this thing right now in our world, especially social media like YouTube, like podcasts, where mostly what we do is we are trying to highlight our successes. Right. We are trying to highlight the things the world calls great, right, and trying to minimize any bad things. And what we what we have known forever in the church, the kind of history, tradition of Christianity, is that Christians are people who admit, I'm bad. Right. Right? I fail. I, I go, we go beyond mistakes. We sin. I outright choose things that are bad for me and bad for other people. And it is only through the goodness of God, right. the grace and the mercy of Jesus, that I can be free of those sins. And so it is often true that in my parenting, I'm bad. <laughs> Very true. And, and often, and this is the part I think sometimes, and maybe we'll do an episode on this, sometimes I just have bad motivations. Absolutely. Sometimes my kids hurt my feelings. I don't want to hurt their feelings back. Absolutely. They say mean things to me, and I go, I want to say something mean back, right? I know exactly how to push their button, and I do it. Yes. Just like they do to me, and it irritates me, I know exactly. Yes. And I think, well, watch this. (laughs) Yes. I teach my kids, be patient, be kind, be this, and I don't do those things. Uh, And what is true of Christianity that is not true 
in, uh, I would just say currently in our culture of greatness where basically if you admit any failing, there's a potential of being canceled. There's a yes. potential of people just shunning you and shaming you and good parents never do things like this. And what we have in the history of uh, uh, and traditions of Christianity is this act of confession. Right. Whereby confessing this, I'm not proud of this, and, and this is not something that goes goes well for me. It is in that act of confessing my badness that I actually am open to the goodness of God. Right, because if you don't even say it or you don't even yes. bring it out of the darkness, so to speak, you can't even address it to begin with. Yeah. And when we don't say things our, we and we keep them to ourselves— they actually tend to grow into something worse. Yes. So there's really two sides of this that I think are important. Um, is One is they tend to grow. So I can't address them, and they tend to grow. What often, though, ends up happening is uh, when they grow, I then begin to identify too much with them, and I start to call these bad things good. Right? This is the central sin of the Bible, right? You go back to, even if you don't know much of the Bible, you know the story of Genesis, right? God makes the world and it's good. He doesn't really have any rules for him. He says, hey, look, you can eat any tree in the garden. There's just one tree. And he tells them, if you eat of this one tree, you will die. You're, and they go running straight for that tree. Right, <laughs> not, maybe not quite in that way, but yes. No, but in the in the language of the Bible, what it says is that the Satan or the tempter, right, comes into the garden and he he starts asking the woman questions. And somehow through that conversation, it says she saw the tree, she looked at the tree, and she saw that it was pleasing to the eye. So this thing that God had called evil. Right, and she redefined. You, as she redefined pleasing. it as pleasing and good, and this is what will lead to life. This, the the tempter ends up telling her, right, you know, God, you're not going to die if you eat this fruit. What's going to happen is you're going to become like God, and so they start to redefine what is good and evil, and this happens in our own life. Right? This happens as we've talked about in lots of different things. You yep. look at what is now defined in our culture sexually as good and pleasing, which is just do whatever you want. And then there is a way in which you look at what God says is good and pleasing sexuality, as we talked about in our last episode, is one man, one woman who are married, right? There is almost a way that that's considered, I don't know that anyone would call it evil, but you might call it, well, that's a little narrow minded. It's a little closed-minded. And you start to redefine what's good as bad and what's bad as good. You can do that in so many areas. Oh, and, yes. And we, like you said, we've talked about making it with money. You can say, yes. hey, you know, maybe I'm in debt over here, but we're still making our pay bills yes. every month or whatever it might be. Yes. And we've defined that as it's okay, yes. even though God has clearly outlined something different in the Bible. Well, and there is a way in which now, and I just I just watched a TikTok of it the other day of a person <laughs> who was going into, and they were kind of talking about financial um, advisors like Dave Ramsey. And they said, it's, they said he is giving bad advice by saying debt is a bad thing. There's a way to use your debt. And I know within financial wisdom, there's a way to borrow money and then, then invest and, it and somewhere. And that is true. There is a way. Sure. But what but was God's they end up, way? Yes. And they end up taking it and saying, and so he looked at it and said, this idea of you should not be owing money to as many people as possible. 
and they start to redefine what's good, what's mm-hmm. bad. And this happens in our parenting probably more than almost, I think, I th- and I shouldn't say parenting. I think it happens relationally more than anything else because what it, it happens in our marriage, happens in anything else. I treat a person a bad way, and I don't mean anything abusive. I mean... I am impatient with somebody. I'm unkind. I found a way to push your buttons and I do this. And nothing really comes of it. We have an argument. It kind of moves on. I start to redefine in my head, well, if she's going to say that, then I'm going to say this. You know what? They need to learn. They can't talk that way to people. They need to blah, blah, blah. And I start to redefine the way that I'm doing things. Well, really, this is necessary. And we start to use this term, necessary evil. There are some things you have to do that is necessary evil, as if evil was ever necessary. Right. (laughs) And so what we wanted to do is to have a series of confessions of not great parents. Ooh, yes. We're excited about this. We know that there are things that we all think. I mean, I'm a mom. I think things all the time. Yes. And... Um, sometimes I think I'm going to go, mm, I shouldn't be thinking that. That makes me feel bad about myself as a parent. Right. Or if I said that out loud, that would be, you know, not the thing that anybody would want to hear. I would never make an Instagram post that said these right. things. And so when we were talking about, you know, what we wanted to do for some episodes, we said, let's, let's talk about confessions of not... Uh, of not great parents. And the reason we say it that way is because just starting and confessing it is moving towards the direction of being a good parent. Right. And so that's why we're bringing it to the table because we want us to bring those things out and talk about them. And I think there is a way in which some of these things we're going to talk about, it, it, it allows us to do two things. It allows us to do the thing we've already said of, sometimes I'm just a bad parent and I want to confess that so that we can address it and say, okay, what can we do better instead? Right. What does God's goodness look like? Sometimes we're going to confess things that look on the outside uh to a world of greatness, no great parent would ever say this, but good parents would. Right. And it's it's a it's a place for us to once again, because there are two sides of what confession is in the in the once again in the Christian faith, I think in the English language as well. But one confession is things that I that I have done that are wrong that I need to confess. There's another form of confessing, which is to confess what I believe, right? right? You you tend to refer to in churches that are a little more creedal, if that do the Apostles' Creed, you call that confessing your belief. It is professing, it is saying out loud, this is who I really am. And so sometimes in these confessions of a not great parent, we're going to confess things that actually are bad and wrong, right. that we do or that that are within us, and we want to get rid of them through the act of confession. Sometimes we're going to confess things that to the outside world seem crazy or seem not great. And we may very well validate that those are actually good things. Those are good things. And so you're not going to be able to just look at the title of the episode Absolutely and not. be able to say, is that a good or a bad or a great? Trying to keep, we're or, trying to keep you on your feet. We want you to just come in and listen yes. to what we have to say about these confessions because it might be good. It might be something we're busting up. We just, yes. it just depends. And we're going to have a series of these and we're excited about it. I think they're going to be, yeah. I think they're going to be very relatable. As I hope a parent, so. I think that, you know, that, and maybe it's because half of them probably are my confessions, (laughs) but I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting content for us to talk about. And I, and I do think it will be relatable. And 
feel free to send us in any confessions that you have. We have um, a form in the bottom of the show notes and you can, we have it set for questions, but feel free to send in confessions as well, because we want to know what you guys have um, as well in your minds. Yeah, I think there is a, you know, confession is good for the soul. Oh yeah, get it off your chest, share it with us. Yeah, that's right. And it's anonymous, (laughs) so you don't have to say what it is. And and Um, yeah, you just... But just things that you look at in your own life, and maybe these are the things that when you're hanging out with another group of moms or another group of dads or just, you know, you're at a party and someone starts talking about something in their life or that goes on in their home and you think, oh, man, we don't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't do that. And and is that wrong that I don't do that? Is that okay? You know, you don't even have to sit in a question. Just confess, like, I don't do X, Y, and Z, or we do X, Y, and Z, and I feel like this makes me not a great parent. And it will allow us a chance not to judge you, but to be able to simply sit in the act of confession and to be able to say, okay, yeah, this is either pursuing God, you not pursuing this is you pursuing God's goodness, or you pursuing this is actually taking you away from God's goodness. And we want to talk about, hey, how can we do that differently? Right. All right, well, let me set up the first one for us here. Yeah. So, um you know, we all use social, most of us use social media and um, have friends and things like that. And um, most social media for parents often is their children. And um, you might see something that's posted that has pictures of your whole family and says, my whole world in one photo. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, here we are, my whole world. In like a pumpkin patch. Yes. Or like they're apple picking. Exactly. Right. So I'm just (laughs) setting the stage for you guys. We're all here for it. So we've got my whole world in one photo. My whole world is right here, Mm -hmm. wrapped up in my family but wrapped up in my kids yeah (laughs) because every post after this is an activity my kids doing or some accomplishment at school and so I look and go she's right her whole world is that and then I say but my whole world isn't my kids and I all of a sudden feel guilty because I didn't post a picture of my family saying my whole world in one photo right and you know 80 pictures of my kids and I'm not thinking about what they're doing all day long. And yes. I'm not, I've got one at camp this week and I'm like forcing myself to send him bunk notes. <laughs> what is a bunk note? It's like an email system. You can send them notes oh. that they get every day at camp. So, oh. right. So they and don't the do mail is, anymore? They do, but it, the mail is so slow that you have to do it in advance. So this is for all the parents like me that don't oh. send it a week in advance. <laughs> And they get to charge you for it. So oh, okay, and that's good. My husband bought this like bundle of them, and I'm like, I don't even have that many things to say to my child this week. I mean, if he was eight with, Cheerios. I, I, the other day, I told him the news. Yes. <laughs> I said, Oh, this sports team, this happened because. Yes. But but my point is, they. I love my children. I yes. I certainly, if he was in my house, I would be talking to him. But. My world seems fine when my kids are not right here with me or I'm not thinking about them all the time or I've never thought my whole world in one photo and I kind of feel guilty sometimes. Yes. You know, so I think that's a really good kind of setup for what we're talking about here today because I think think the, the last part you talked about is a huge one is I think for many parents we see that and I think there's two things that happen. One is everyone knows it's hyperbole. Like, and you go, you just kind of go, well, that's the kind of stuff you say to people. Or you're like me and every word gets taken very literally. And I'm like, that's your whole world. 
And you feel guilty because you go, the, the ideal is a great parent is the one who dis, who determines through the years of parenting, my whole world has to be about these kids mm-hmm. and has to be about making sure they get every, as we've said, experience, every opportunity to succeed. Every relationship with friends, every, yes. you know, they have all the friends, all the experiences, all of the things success all of the things are all wrapped right up there it's my responsibility as a parent to make sure that they have that or or when i'm not with them i'm thinking about them all the time and i'm you know i'm I'm longing you know when they're gone oh i can't it's just so hard to sleep because they're at camp and i can't and (laughs) you and sometimes you're you're like well, you know, thank God that I get a week off. And, you know, you feel bad because you're like, well, I get a week off. And maybe that's a good thing because they're doing their own thing and I'm doing my own thing. And so you start to feel a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. You start to compare yourself to other parents. Go, Maybe they love their kids more than I love my kids. Maybe they feel something about their kids that I don't feel. And I think throughout all of these confessions, a kind of just guiding rule for us to have is feelings matter. They are real. You feel whatever you feel. They are good indicators of something, but they do not define for you reality. And what I mean is, this is just a good example. I don't know that when I say, um, I miss my kid when they're not around, that what Molly feels when she misses her kid is the same thing I feel when I miss my kid. And that is not an indicator that Molly loves her kid more or less, depending on whatever the feeling is, right? Or how I would describe it. And so I can't compare feelings. Mm -hmm. I can't look at you. And this is helpful to you when you see someone who's going through something difficult and you're like, well, they don't seem that affected. They must not care about what's going on. Or, man, they seem really over the top in the way they're handling this. Not all feelings right. are not comparable, right? Yes. Situations are not comparable. So when you see someone post something, your first thought should not be, well, they man, they seem to care more than I care. Maybe right. I'm bad that I don't care this much. Exactly. Um, that's that, yes. that's a natural initial reaction when sure. you see that. So t- training yourself to not go yes. straight to that is a great starting point. <laughs> I think the second thing that's really helpful is to be able to say, when I look at this feeling of, you know, it, it are my kids my world? Are they everything? Is I think for us, we would classify this as really a not great and a good confession. This is a thing you should be confessing in a good way and maybe confessing it to yourself regularly because it is tempting to make your kids your world. It is. You know? I mean, I want us to say this is a good one because this yes. one definitely is mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's true. When I when I really think about my kids are my world, if my kids are my world, my kids become my goal, my mm-hmm. kids become everything, and then how am I steering my world towards mm-hmm. Jesus? Mm-hmm. Jesus should be my mm-hmm. goal. And the living our in the kingdom of God and our family, right. living in God's community and, and with him here on earth should be our family's goal. So yes. I need to remember that that is truly my world. Yeah. And when I reclassify my children as that, it's actually not what God asks us to do. Yeah, if, if what you mean by my kids are my world are they are one of my top priorities, absolutely. If oh, what you 100%. mean is my kids are my world and all you're really saying is these are the people I'm around this much, so like in a very like literal definition. Oh, that's super literal, these, yeah. These, these could, this actually... This is my personal planet and these are the people that live on Yeah, it. this is my home, <laughs> this is where I'm with the most. 
But often what people are doing is they're actually making a value statement by saying, I have valued these people. And it, so I'll give you an example of how hard it is to be married to me. Uh, oh, my wife and I, even before we were married, you know, we started dating in high school. We were 15. We, we started dating in the days of AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, I love it. And my wife, for whatever reason, copied a, like, I don't know, 50 of our conversations. Because, you know, kept them. when you're in te- when you're a teenager, you have these hour-long conversations oh, yes. on the phone About and over Instant Messenger. And we have these, when she found one a, couple, a while back, where even at 15, you know, you know how it is when teenagers, when you're dating, you're like, you're my world. I love you more than anything else in this world. If you if you left me, I would die. My I would heart is not complete unless yes. I'm near you. And so my wife said to me when we were dating, you know, how would you, you know, how would you feel if we weren't together anymore? And I said. Did you say something like, fine. I said, I'd probably be sad for a little bit, but honestly, I'd probably get over it. You're really sweet. <laughs> I said, and I think she even asked me that when we got married, you know, because we were having this conversation. If She's like, I just don't know what I'd do if you die. And I said, well, I don't know if I know what I'd do if you die, but I'm confident that you'd at, move on. at some point, and I don't mean move on to another no, 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 spouse. You'd, I mean, move, move your, you'd move through, you'd keep moving forward. I, yes, because because my life, you are, you are, for my wife, she is the central, uh, you know, human relationship in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I know that my life is more valuable than me being a husband and me being a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, there is a lot of emotion within my relationships with my kids. But as you said, our goal, and we we spent six episodes kind of really just covering this one idea, and so I think it's a good place for us to start is. Um, if the goal of life is to seek first God's kingdom and his his goodness, that is not just something I teach my kids. That is something I have to practice. Absolutely. And so we did a whole episode about priority. I think we did two episodes on priorities that in parenting, my first priority, my world is God and his kingdom. You know, my relationship with him, my relationship with other believers in the church, like that's my top priority is that my goal is to be a person who lives with God and lives in his community. And then for me, because I'm married, you because you're married, that second priority is really my spouse. Because if my kids are my entire world, my world will end when they turn 18 and move out. I'm not even talking about some tragedy. I'm talking about them going to college or getting married or going into the army or whatever. Becoming adults. And I've seen lots of empty nesters who it is as if their world ended. Mm-hmm. Because their kids have moved away, and they have, and they don't see, they see their kids on holidays, and it's like those holidays become the world, the world. because they, because that's the time that my kids are around, and so it's really important. Once again, this is a good confession. It's more of a profession of a not great parent, right? Which is to say, my kids are not my world; God is, and my kids are a gift, right? My kids are a precious gift that God has given to me. My wife is a precious gift that has been given to me. And I believe by God, I believe God was active in all of that. And I believe God was active in our dating. I believe God was active when we decided to have kids, when we decided yes. to adopt, that God's a part of that. And so God has given me these precious gifts and they are gifts to be enjoyed. They are gifts to be stewarded well. I have a responsibility to my wife, to my kids. Uh, and so I should take that seriously. And during the years of parenting, you know, at the various stages, that does require more intentionality, right. more time, more effort. 
Yes. And we definitely talked about that in some of our previous yes. episodes about how age <laughs> age, and where our children are at, it, yes. it does impact how much yes. input we have, so to speak, in those yes. time frames. Um, but I think, you know, greatness is saying my kids are my world mm -hmm. and goodness is saying you know, this world, the, God's world is my world that I'm yeah. living in. And the good thing as a parent is putting, making sure that I'm consistently putting my children toward that goodness. And yeah. so the moral of the story is do not put Instagram posts up that say <laughs> my kids are my world. Reframe it as a thank you note from God, yeah. <laughs> which is true. If you can, no, I mean, I I, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm saying... They, you know, we feel like they're our world. We yes. do feel because we feel like we have this incredible responsibility and it's yes. up to us and we feel this, you mm -hmm. know, intensity around it, the feelings that we talked about. But really in those, when you're looking at those pictures and you're seeing that, it really is a great opportunity to say, thank you, God, for gifting yes. me with these children yes. and reminding me that I have a responsibility yes. as, a, as part of your kingdom with these kids. Well, and it becomes a gift you give to your kids because yes. I did youth ministry for you know well over 10 years and on staff for 10 years, but even longer than that, and dealing with high school students who feel this amount of obligation, and I mean like weighty, almost shame that they're growing up and doing adult things. What I mean is growing up and going to college or, or moving out of their parents' house or getting married or starting their own family. And they feel these ties of, well, you know, my mom my mom is not ready for me to move on. And my, and my parents aren't happy about this because the mom and dad have made that 17 year old their world and they don't want to lose that special relationship with with their kid and a gift you can give to them is to say you're not my world mm -hmm. you are a precious gift in my world and i'm going mm -hmm. to love and serve you no matter what you do for me but my world keeps moving on and i have i have things that i'm invested in you know, yes. I, I have. And if you know, you really do have a heart for children. That's why I always try to encourage empty nesters. Get involved in our children's come, ministry. Come see me. Yeah. Get involved. <laughs> start building into other kids yes. that you can say, hey, I have a heart for this. But for your own kids to be able to say, hey, I am here for you not to get something from you. Right. Um, because you are you're not my world. You're just a you're just an important part of my world and i love you and the yes. best way i can show you love is this way and letting you separate i, I remember I've, I've i said this i don't think we've said this on camera but I, I say this a lot of you know i tell all people when they're getting married you know it's marriage is just you dying a little bit every day and it's really two individuals dying <laughs> in the best of ways <laughs> yes and sometimes in really painful ways and really hurtful ways it's you dying to yourself so you can become one flesh, as the Bible says it, one flesh. Well, parenting is almost the opposite of that, where you have someone who was actually one flesh with you at one point, right? Yeah. You know, they were they came from your flesh, you know, and they you you carried them and all those different things. And it's and it's a journey of slowly over time not being one flesh anymore. It's you allowing them because the way the Bible talks about it, in that same verse about becoming same one flesh exact verse. is 
For this reason, a man and a woman will leave their parents, will leave his father and mother, and he will be joined to his wife to become one flesh. He used to be one flesh with his father and mother, and now he is becoming one flesh with someone else. And so this idea of, uh, you know, when when uh, when my son or my daughter gets married, it's good intentions. I'm not saying that. I just want to confront it. Saying, oh, now I gained a daughter or I gained a son. My family has gained another member. The difficult part of that is you actually lost a member. Right. Because they went to start their own family, right? And you are now the extended family. Yep. You know, just like your parents at one point when you were growing up, you explained, well, you know, an extended family is the people who don't live with you. Your grandma, your grandpa, your aunts and your uncles. The family as a whole grows, but your family actually shrinks with every marriage and they start their own family. That is possible when you realize my kids are not my world because every time marriage should be when your kids are getting married. If obviously I know there's lots of complicated things, but if it's done well, if this is a person, if these are people, they're both believers and they're, you know, it's a God honoring thing. It should be a moment of celebration, but that requires you beforehand to grieve it a little bit. Oh yeah. It's but you should change. not be grieving on the wedding day. Those yeah. tears should be tears of joy. at the appropriate time. Yes. But that's why getting in check, what the yes. early on, them not being your world yes. <laughs> will help you on that wedding day to grieve yes. it appropriately. But it will, if they're not, if you don't see them as your world, then that won't feel like a loss. That will feel like I raised them in the yes. goodness of God. And now, even though it hurts, this is the time where they're going to go and yes. start their own family. And I'm still important to them. And yes. I've loved them. And I've gifted them with the ability to go and do that and set them set yes. up a successful home of their own. And yes. I'm still here. Yes. I'm not thrown to the wayside as the parent. Yes. But that God knew that was going to be hard. And yes. so he outlined that for us. And so our goal is for our kids not to be our world, for God, for us to seek first God's goodness, his kingdom above all other things. And then when he is he is my, as the song we sing abide says, when he becomes my greatest treasure, when he mm-hmm. becomes my prize, these other people in my life can be seen as gifts to be treasured, to mm-hmm. to be enjoyed, yep. and to be to make sure I'm doing my responsibility to them well. I want to parent them well. I want to set them up well. I want them to feel loved and cherished. But I also want to be able to let them go when that time comes. Yep. And so uh, that's our confession for today. Yes, keep sending us in confessions. We'll even take the juicy ones. Yeah, yeah. If you got a if you got a good one, send them in. We'd love to hear. It. Yes, we'll take. Uh, we'll, We'd love to hear what's in your minds and, um, you know, as a, not just for fun, but really as a way to talk about them and work through them. And um, there is a link in the show notes, so go ahead and put it in there and we will see you not great parents next time. Take care.